What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, and today I am joined by my brother, Josh Primo. How are you today, sir? I am good, sir. That intro was spectacular. Well, I mean, shit, I had to do it twice because Luke done walk in on me, fix my car! <laughs> Bruh, you see I'm busy. I mean, in his defense, you didn't break it after you tried to fix it, but whatever. I mean, can you can you break what's already broken more than it's already broken? Hmm. My spirit has been broken, and people have broke it further, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those words have never been truer on any other day. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for fucking ruining. Yeah, I thought I was feeling better. Not No. No, you just uh, fucking ruined it. Yeah, well, you know, people always say, well, it can't get any worse. It only gets better from here. I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had those days where it's gotten worse. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. So if you're new to surfing the stream every week, we review movies, obviously. Uh, Josh and I review movies every Thursday night. Uh, we usually drop the episode usually around 8 30 9 o'clock at night so you can go check out those reviews uh this is our last review before we do war movies in review throughout the entire month of july we will be reviewing nothing but war movies josh and i will be watching nothing but war movies for the entire month uh i think we have what did i say like 20 24 movies on the list that i have to watch for the entire month uh i can tell you i don't know how many Eight lines are on a standard notebook page, but I'm only missing four lines. <laughs> bunch. <laughs> it's a bunch. So yeah, quite a bit. We're gonna do four movie reviews that are gonna be strictly war movies, and then at the end of the month, the very last week of the month, we will drop our top ten favorite war movies of all time. And it's going to be definitive rankings. Well, mine are. Uh, I, I anticipate Josh's is going to be. Yours is going to be wrong. I anticipate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but we all know what number one is. I mean, it is, it's pretty obvious. I don't know. Are you watching off of entertainment value or historical correctness? Entertainment value. Hmm. See, we are, we are, we are going to differ because I am more on a movie. If I'm watching something like that, it needs to be pretty damn historically accurate. Oh, here we go. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't don't be like, it's a D-Day, and then show me something that never happened on D-Day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get to that, sir. So yeah. uh, July 4th, we'll be dropping the first review. That will be Patriots. The uh, Shit. I'm thinking about another movie. <laughs> <laughs> now the Patriot is what we drop in July 4th. I was going to say Patriot's Day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Completely different movie. Yeah, you totally fucked your intro up now. I did. So The Patriot with Mel Gibson will be our first review. We are dropping that on July 4th. So be ready for that review. Uh, before we jump into our review of Let Him Go, I uh, just want to take a moment and say you can go to patreon.com slash two game uh, if you, you want to consider supporting us. Shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Lindsey Humble, Eric Hernandez, Sharon Petrie, and Carmen Edmonds. We appreciate y'all supporting us each and every month at that $20 tier. So thank you so much. Uh, how about we just, let's just jump into it, sir. 
this this week we are reviewing Let Him Go. It's been a movie that I've been wanting to see for for quite a while now, but I just haven't really pulled the trigger, as they say. And then I think you said that you wanted to watch it. I was like, well, shit, might as well just review it together. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I wanted to watch it because it was Kevin Costner, but because I don't remember the trailer being like, oh, damn, that's something I would just love to see. Honestly, I didn't even watch the trailer. It was it was strictly because it had Diane Lane and Kevin Costner in it. And then I had I heard good reviews on it. That was the only reason I wanted to watch this movie. But let's jump into the plot and give you our two fun facts for the day. And then we'll jump into the general impressions, which uh, we'll give our non-spoiler thoughts right at the beginning. And then we'll jump into the spoiler discussion. So let him go. Uh, this is not on any streaming site as of right now. So you can catch this on Voodoo, Movies Anywhere, digitally. Uh, I don't know if it's at Redbox or or whatever. But it's not on Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime. None of those. Unless you rent or buy it. Uh, so it's about a retired sheriff and his wife grieving over the death of their son. They set out to find their only grandson. Uh, this movie is directed by Thomas Bazucha. Bazuch? I, I don't know how to say that. Uh, go fuck yourselves. He directed Monte Carlo, The Family Stone, and Big Eden. Never heard of those movies. Monte Carlo, isn't that a sandwich? Monte Crisco, sir. Right? Uh, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> they, they both sound delicious. <laughs> Well, I'm famished. <laughs> I just so, ate spaghetti, so I'm not. Oh, it sounds hot. Oh, it is Thursday. I forgot you, you eat Thursday nights. Thursday is spaghetti night. I do like eating the noodles, as they say. Yeah. The meat's my favorite part. I bet it is. Do you have sausage in there as well? <laughs> it was in there. Is it uh, extra juicy or is it dried out? Oh, it was extra juicy. I spit two pieces in my mouth at one time. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sucked the spaghetti sauce off of it. It was fantastic. I sucked it dry. <laughs> <laughs> I sucked it so dry it spit at me. <laughs> so anyways... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not ever going to eat spaghetti the same way. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this movie had a budget of $21 million, and it has grossed worldwide so far $11.4 million. It stars Diane Lane, Kevin Costner, and Kaylee Carter. It has a runtime of one hour and 53 minutes, and it was released worldwide November 6, 2020. And according to the fun facts, this movie is based on Larry Watson's novel set in 1951. Uh, the couple lives in North Dakota and travel to Montana in the book. In the movie, it's actually the opposite. The movie is set in 1963, and they live in Montana and then travel to North Dakota. And this movie was originally set to be released in August 2020, but got delayed because of, of the, uh, the V word, which we cannot speak on the podcast so yeah so sir um non-spoiler thoughts give me you like it you hate it 
Love it. Give me your thoughts. I, I, uh, man, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, what's really surprising is that it's only made half of the budget back. Being a Kevin Costner film, I thought it would uh, have made a lot more money. Well, but I liked it, man. I think that was uh, there was a very good storyline to it, and it had I don't know this underlying plot on how people grieve, I guess, and it's very uh, you can relatable film, I think, to what many people have seen or gone through, and it was so very well acted. You know, the couple of cons that I have on it, which would be a spoiler, so I'm not going to mention them. Uh, the acting just blows me out of the water in this film. I 100% agree with you on that. I think you you took the words right out of my mouth. As far as the, the budget, you got to remember, this is, I can't say the V word, but the V word was very uh, strong right around that time in August. So you got to remember that, they didn't. They weren't going to make their their money back anyways. But Just, you know, it makes me think that if they would go with HBO, how much? Like money? we've had several. You know, we've had several movies. Me and you've watched that came out that did theater and HBO and have grossed quite a bit. It makes me wonder if that's going to be the new route these movies should take. I. So, initially, I thought that's the way that things were going to go when when everything started we even did a little segment on the two game podcast about movies on demand and i was like this is the end of movie theaters i I really thought it was the the end of movie theaters because all of them are shutting down all of them are going bankrupt and i still think that we are not in the safe zone as far as going to the movies like as far as like not not like it's safe to go to the movies but like where they're actually going to become profitable and they actually sustain uh for several years i know you don't go to the movies uh i go on occasion as far as on-demand movies goes i i think by the end of the year is when hbo is going to stop that whole uh theatrical release and the hbo app release day and day they're they're stopping that at the end of the year so i think they're going to go back to the strictly theater shit uh maybe we might see i don't know depending on how covid uh keeps going down and whatnot we'll see how how the uh the on-demand movie sector kind of stays afloat i think we're gonna go right back to to movies in the theaters for for a month or two before we get them on any kind of streaming app like hbo max that's just my personal i have yeah, I have missed my fifteen dollar popcorn. No, you haven't. I have not <laughs> at all. Well, I'm just saying I can buy a bag of popcorn at Ingles for a dollar and it tastes the same. Well, if you go to uh, the movie tavern over here in Covington on Tuesdays, it's five dollar Tuesday, so you get five dollar movies and you get a free bag of popcorn to go along with it. Well, I mean that's a pretty damn good deal. I told you. <laughs> But then you spend like $10 on alcohol and you're like, oh, poor life choices. <laughs> <laughs> but that damn girly drink was fucking good. <laughs> Bitches. So, yes, uh, back to the movie review. Get off track, track here. Uh, let him go. I thought, I think Josh kind of said it uh, perfectly. I think it's a very, very well acted movie. 
Uh, I think the, the beginning is a little slow. I wasn't really sure what the direction of the movie was going. Because like I said, I had never seen the trailer before watching this movie. I just strictly wanted to see it because of who was in it. And I read the, uh, oh, what it was about. That was basically all I knew going into the movie. And when it started, I was like, this is really slow. And I, I texted you, Josh, and I was like, I don't think you're going to like this. And then it ramped up after, what, the first 30 minutes, maybe, if that. And it really, it really improved after that. But the first 20, 30 minutes is just set up. For, for later basically because it sets you up with the and it tries to hit you in the fields later yeah it definitely was a very slow start i'm telling you if it wasn't for us doing this review i probably would have made the mistake of cutting it off i'm glad i didn't because it turned out to be a really good film if you can just suffer through the first 20 minutes absolutely absolutely and i don't want to say anything further about spoilers so uh we both like it and if you haven't seen it, uh, go check it out. Go find it on digital. Go rent it, whatever. Uh, like I said, not on any streaming apps. If you've already seen it and you want to listen to the rest of the review, then continue on into our spoiler section. And this is your last warning. Spoilers from here on out. Sir, uh, I'll let you go first. What, what are some of your cons for this movie? What, you said you had some spoilers. Drop them on me. Oh, I lost my place in my uh at my book. I was like, yes, oh, that's not man, I lost it. I'm it's hard uh, to find a cup around here. <laughs> man. You know, I wanna know, uh my biggest con is the slow pace of the the first part of the movie. Even, even though it does ramp up a lot and it does give you some good suspenseful uh scenes, the slow start almost turned me off and I wouldn't have watched this movie through normally. I, I I agree with you. The first 20 minutes is, is rough. And it's it's not that it's it's bad. It's not bad. It's just it's setting up the the entirety of the movie. It's setting up, you know, the the son's death. Uh it tries to build that relationship between Diane Lane, uh Kevin Costner, and the grandson. And that's basically what the first 20 minutes is. It, it just builds that up and then it sets them off into the the rest of the movie. Whereas where she gets married, the, uh, the the widow gets married to another guy. He's abusive and he just disappears with them. And up until that point, the movie is is fairly slow. But I think if you watch it, if you're going into this movie expecting action, you're not going to get action. There's what, like two minutes of action at the very, very end. But other than that, this is a drama. This is, it, it, it gets described as a crime thriller. I don't think I would describe it as it. It's more of a suspense. You could almost call it a Western style movie. What, what, do, what do you think? I need to stop you right there because I had that down. I've seen this movie called a Western thriller over and over online. I want to know where y'all get that from. I don't see any part of this uh, besides. It being in Montana out west, I don't, it's not a cowboy movie. It's not a Western to me. I, I, I'm on the line of it. It's a drama. It, yeah. So that, that would be the only reason I would call it a Western is that it's in Montana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the, I mean, yeah, that was. And there's horses in it. I mean, you can't have a Western without horses in it, right? 
Yeah, well, I mean, maybe that's where Tonto came in at because I don't know if I missed it, but that Tonto had no <laughs> place in this movie. I mean, you think he's going to save the day, but at the end of the day, he's just always standing somewhere. He's not actually doing anything. Yeah, I feel like they could have probably cut. But, you know, if they if they cut out those scenes with him in it, I think you lose that last aspect of the movie, which is it, it really sets off the the very end of the movie when they're at his little cabin at the very end. And Gene yeah. and Kevin Costner are having that little argument. And that's when Kevin Costner decides, hey, she's not going to let this go. She truly wants her grandson back. And I'm, I'm going to do this for her. I'm guessing a hotel room wouldn't have worked. It, it probably could have. It probably could have. But I don't know. It, I mean, you could have probably shaved off, what, 10, 15 minutes? If you just took out him and their little discussion early on in the movie, I mean, that probably could have worked, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, the biggest problem is they built it in the very beginning to, like, this guy is going to do something very courageous because that that's what they kind of made him out to, to be, like, a loner, but, you know, he still treats people with respect. And I just didn't – I think his character just fell flat. I, I I will agree with you on that. I think you could have taken him out and save 10 minutes and just bring him back to another hotel room. But then if you're having that tense scene between them two, you just had uh, – there's three huge tension scenes in this movie. There's the dinner scene. There's the hotel scene. And then there's the finale, the house. And I think if you bring them back to another hotel and you have another tense situation with that, uh, it's I don't know if it's like a like a setting kind of thing where it's hard to differentiate between those two big scenes. I mean, I mean, I don't necessarily care one way or another. I'm just trying to think of what why they would not go to a hotel. Yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, the one underlying, I, guess, I think it's underlying, is that you have two parents that lost their child. And it shows two different ways, I guess, people would grieve over that said child. You know, George, which is Kevin Costner, pretty much held it all in, always went to the cemetery to see his son. And Diane, uh, his wife, which is uh, Margaret, seemed like she funneled all her grief into trying to raise that grandson of hers. Yes. And I, I found it interesting they took those two approaches to show how difficult it can be on somebody. And, and doing that the entire movie. So I was kind of surprised in the very beginning when I was watching this movie. I was like, Kevin Costner, like he, like he doesn't seem like he wants that child at all like he's giving her every reason not to go do this oh uh and they're just gonna let you take this child they're not gonna do that it's just the it's the mother for for you know for god's sakes and then he you know he gives every single reason to not follow through on bringing them home and then it it all builds up it all adds and it pays off at the very very end with him and her arguing in that that little shack and 
you know, that's when he, he, he finally just decides, you know what? We do need to go get this child. I need to go do this. The, the only way that we're going to be able to do this is if I don't make it out. And it, it's, it, it was a suicide mission. It really was. I mean, when he made a decision to go, I was like, oh, he's not coming back. Guaranteed. And you know, on that, uh, I think when he was given all those reasons, I think part of his grief on his son was he was kind of wanting to just separate. And I think it, the little kid was more of a reminder of what he had lost. And I, I think that's the only reason he wanted not to just go get him, you know, because to Margaret, the grandchild was pretty much their son again. And I, and I think Kevin Costner's character was more on the lines of, you know, I just want to forget it, try to forget it and deal with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. Oh, that was deep, sir. Shout out. Thank you. Well, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you've talked about the one, there were two good lines in this movie. And one was life is about uh, remembering everything you've lost. Okay. That's not what, uh, not to burst your bubble there. I have wrote down what it actually said. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I didn't know I had to take word for word. I didn't want to get a copyright infringement. <laughs> so this is the exact uh, Zach phrasing. Sometimes that is all life is, a list of what we lost. And I was like, bruh. I mean, I, I pretty much said the same thing. You just added words to it and live kept me in the process. But that's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm just giving people what they want, man. I'm, I'm reading it <laughs> as it was said. <laughs> paraphrased i said the exact quote. such a fucking dick <laughs> <laughs> so yeah when i heard that line i was just like i had to pause it and i was like i had to think about that quote i was like i don't know if there's any movies that i have watched recently that just made me like pause it and think about a quote in the movie and i'm just like that is like it's deep, sir. That, that quote is deep when you when you really think about it. I equate it to the quote in Apollo 13 when they're about to uh, return the guys after they figured out the new sequence of events to keep the shuttle from exploding. And one of the guys in there says, oh, my God, this is going to be a disaster. And the head guy says, I disagree, gentlemen. I believe this will be our finest hour. Mm-hmm. I, I, find, I find that deep. That is deep. Yes. And there was another another line in here that I picked up. I don't know if it's verbatim as you would like it. <laughs> but when they're in the diner in the, in the first part of the movie, she says, how is the pot roast? Oh, yeah. He says, I like yours better. And she says, no, you're just used to mine. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've told Rachel that when we go out to eat somewhere. <laughs> I like yours better. And uh, that has so many, uh, we can take that in so many directions. You're just used to mine. <laughs> <laughs> Your pot roast is so moist and delicious. <laughs> it's awfully chewy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this must be an open, open face sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you remember uh, at the very beginning of the movie when they're in the, in the, in the kitchen and Kevin Costner grabs the nose of the kid. You remember that? 
No, I don't think so. <laughs> so Kevin Costner's sitting down. The kid is being being held by somebody, and he goes, "I got your nose, <laughs> <laughs> dude." The, <laughs> I don't know what was going through Kevin Costner's mind at that time, but his facial expressions gave me the idea that he was like, I really do not want to fucking say this line, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm contractually obligated to say it. <laughs> Cause if you go back and watch it, he looks like he's so pissed off to have to say it. <laughs> I just, I laughed out loud when I saw it. I might have to go back and try to watch it just to see that one part. <laughs> he's, he goes, I got your nose. But he looks so pissed off when he says it. Another thing that I want to talk about, sir, is Blanche, the villain. I thought she was such a great villain. What do you think? Oh, I have to agree. Because as soon as they had dinner with her, I was like, gosh, she's a bitch. I fucking hate her. Yes, man. They, they nailed that to the T. That's why I said the acting in this movie is insanely on point man because i couldn't stand that bitch i was like man i hope she gets killed in this <laughs> she is so good at being the villain that you fucking hate her and throughout the course of this movie such good acting i don't even know who that was that played her uh but that was like you said some damn good acting uh from her really her uh kevin costner and diane lane them three the the best actors and actresses in the movie i think diane lane might be my mvp for the movie blanche might be a close second kevin costner is good but i don't think he's as good as those other two uh, other two actresses i agree but i don't know man i, I can't think of another movie that a couple acted so well together it was like Damn, I can actually see these folks being married to each other. So yeah, they were actually they were actually uh married couples in the in the Superman movie. You you wouldn't know that because you don't watch super, superhero movies. But they were in Man of Steel and they were uh Martha and Jonathan Kent. So they've been married before in movies. Mm, very nice. Yeah. So yeah, um I the, the other thing that I think is is really good about this movie is is character development. And I kind of talked to you a little bit about this yesterday after I watched the movie. This movie is not about, about telling you verbatim what is going on. That's not what this movie is. If you're going into this movie, hey, I don't want to have to think about anything. I just kind of want to get the story and get out. That's not what this movie is. I think to get the full effect, to get the the best aspect of this movie, you're going to have to think about who these characters are, what their personalities are, because a lot of this movie is George and Margaret just talking to each other. And it's kind of almost like a road trip kind of movie, almost. And you're getting these conversations between them two, and you're getting their personalities off those conversations. You got Margaret, who's this this headstrong, uh, always talking, can talk herself out of a situation kind of kind of girl, and you got Kevin Costner, who is this kind of reserved dude who doesn't really want to get in the way of anything, kind of just want to mind his own business. And you get those personalities 
by listening to these conversations between them two. And they have very, very good banter between the two of them. And I mean, like you said, they sound like a married couple. And I think they just, they arced, you know, because it was kind of like they were doing their separate thing, trying to grieve for their son. And then, you know, in the, the very scene you were talking about inside the cabin where she's telling them, you know, she's tried to move on, but she can't move on. And then he decides from there that, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make her happy. I, uh, did you think he was gonna, did you think he was gonna make it out of there alive? I actually did. I, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I thought it was gonna be like, oh, we're gonna walk into the sunset afterwards kind of deal. But I took it as a suicide mission from the very beginning. When he got shot the first time, I was like, oh, shit. And then they started getting him out of the house. I was like, oh, actually, they might, they might pull the little, little switcheroo on me here and actually make him survive. And then, he gets in the way of old, uh, of what's his name, and gets shot. He tries to save his life. I forget his name. Uh, who was that? The Indian dude. I forget his okay. name. But anyways, Tonto. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they uh, he jumps in the line of that bullet, and that's how he, you know, legit dies. And then you know, obviously, she leaves him in the burning house. What a bitch thing to do, by the way. For real, but she had enough time to whisper in his ear. Right? Like, you didn't even tell us what you said. But, you know, that goes back to the part where... He shot the horse. Yeah, you said you had to think a lot in this movie. It, it, it tied into the scene about the horse. So, I mean, you're really just... I kind of think she thanked him for doing what he did to help get her grandchild back and helping her move forward. So you think the whole title is actually him? Let him go? Who do you think Wow, that is deep, sir. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. My mind is blown the whole time I'm thinking let him go meant let the, the grandchild go, but Yeah. I there was a there was a point in this movie where I thought they were actually it was actually going to end with them not getting the child at all, that they were just going to leave the child and that the movie was just done. And I was, I was definitely waiting for that. I thought that could be a angle because the movie is called let him go. I was like, Oh, maybe this is, maybe this is just another, you know, part of their grief process where they, Hey, we got to let go of both of them. Okay. To move on. We have to let go of both of them, but I don't think that's really the case for either. Uh, the only thing I can think is it's actually Kevin Costner's character, George, that they're actually like, let him go. My mind is officially blown, sir. I, uh, I like to, I like to blow your mind for sure, sir. That's not the only thing you like to. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> <laughs> this is a PG podcast, sir. Yes, indeed, sir. That's why I let it go. <laughs> <laughs> what what did you think about the house burning, man? I thought that was some pretty cool damn pyrotechnics because you got the whole outline of the building and the flames. I don't know. It just I thought it was a cool aspect uh, toward the end. So they had to have like legit burned down a house for that because I'm looking. I'm like, dude, that looks fucking like that looks like legit fire. 
That's not that's not fake stuff. It, it was pretty. Uh, I would be surprised if it was if it was CGI or special effects or anything. I I legit think they they burned down that house. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, dude, uh, you reckon it was it was to the point where the uh the fire kind of looked. I don't know if it was what I was watching it on, but it looked almost like it was like what's the word I'm looking for? Not muddled looking, but like. Like, you know how you shine something at something and it's, it's like really bright and it doesn't really focus very well. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the, that's what the, the scene looked like. So it had to have been like a legit flame there. You think the uh, house burning maybe have been some underlying theme to this whole movie? <laughs> what like lives are burning down in front of them? <laughs> <laughs> no you dick <laughs> oh no that's just my life <laughs> i'm projecting my feelings i see this sir i'm kind of uh getting scared <laughs> um i don't know i mean that's a that's a this, deep question this is a deep question for sure um because this this movie has so many underlying messages in it it just makes you think you know because they focused on that house burning uh the, the guy either liked fire and thought it looked cool as hell or he had an underlying mission for that scene maybe it was like a uh well this is their life now this is their life with with george this is everything that has led up to this point and that house burning down uh symbolizes the second part of their life maybe yeah i think uh the patreon supporters should uh put that out to us and let us know what they think if it symbolizes anything i agree guys y'all y'all let us know what you think uh chris norman would be really good at trying to figure that shit out because he he hyper analyzes just about everything and i think he would be really good at uh letting us know what he thinks but yeah, if I had if I had to guess if it was symbolizing anything, it was to before it got burned down, the house symbolized, you know, the 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 first part of their life where their son is dead, they're trying to find their grandson, they're all separated. And then once the house burns down, you know, George is gone. That entire previous life is just gone. And now it's this this new this new uh portion of their life. That's what it is to me, anyways. All right. Well, I'm not uh, apparently not a critical thinker because I cannot figure out what it means, but I just have a feeling it means something. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I know it. It's something. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that, but yes. <laughs> so, in closing, I think this is a a fantastic movie. I I, I really do. I think they have three scenes in here that are, or excuse me, two of the big three scenes uh, of the, you know, the suspense type scenes. Two of them are some of the best suspense scenes of all time. That dinner scene was probably my favorite. They it, did. It was epic. They did a great job. Like nothing happened, but I felt like shit was going to go sideways. Like any second. Yeah, definitely, man. That that scene right there 
I'd have to say probably the top scene in that movie because I was like, what the hell is going to happen? I mean, nothing's happening, but something's happening. <laughs> I, I don't understand what's going on. I feel like something's going on, but nothing's happening. Yeah, but I mean, how long do you think that scene lasted? Dude, it felt like <laughs> it felt like uh, 15, 20 minutes, but it wasn't that long. <laughs> I have never hated a damn character more in a short period of time than I did when Blanche started talking. And I was like, this bitch needs to go. That scene had to have lasted less than 10 minutes. If that. But it was just perfectly done on it. Cause I have never not liked somebody so quickly. Yeah. It, and you, a lot of the times I'll find myself, I'll be like, Oh man, I kind of hope the bad guy wins. But this one, I was like, God, that bitch needs to go kill that bitch. But what? And then the hotel scene uh, again. I, I feel like something's happening, but nothing happens. And then it was at the very end. I was like, "Oh damn, y'all chopped his uh, chopped that dude's uh, fingers off." What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> For real. And the best part is Kevin Costner didn't scream or anything. He just took it like a man. <laughs> damn sure did. Well, I'd have been on the ground crying like a little bitch. Right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's the milk. <laughs> Save them. They're gonna reattach them. <laughs> <laughs> so all in all, I I love this movie. I think it's really really great. Uh, I think kind of talking to Josh now, it kind of makes me a little bit higher in the movie than I originally was. Uh, I think it's worth watching. So right now it is. $15 on Vudu, Apple TV, wherever, if you want to buy it for $15. And then it's like $5 to rent it. So coming into this review, I was thinking, would I pay $15 to just buy this movie and just watch it whenever? I think, hmm, I think it's worth $15 to see because it's that great of a movie. But I'm probably going to stick with around $10. Like if it's at ten dollars, I may go buy this movie and uh, add it to my collection. What about you, sir? Man, I, this is totally the one eighty of what I normally like and what I watch in movies. But this movie was out freaking standing. The acting alone—they should watch it just for their performances on it. But the storyline is awesome, and it—you know—like we discussed all throughout this, there's. So many underlying messages in this movie that is just insane and makes you think, makes you want more. Uh, definitely worth $5 to watch. I'm not a big person to purchase movies unless I know for sure I'm going to watch it over and over and over. Yeah. So I'm with you about $10. Yeah, I, I, think, I think $10 is, is perfect. I should have bought that shit when it was ten dollars uh, last week, <laughs> but no. <laughs> so I gave this movie originally three and a half stars. I thought it was a pretty good movie. Uh, I thought the 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 beginning was rather slow, but the rest of the movie was just so well acted. I'm actually going to I'm going to change my score, sir. I give it four stars. I think this is a great movie. I think it's worth watching. I think it's worth going to if you if you're gonna pay five dollars to rent this movie, just go ahead and pay the five extra dollars and just buy it. I mean, it's just that simple. So it's definitely worth seeing. Uh, I would catch it on sale if you can catch it on sale. 
Uh, but but other than that, I, I, I highly recommend going to check this out. This is actually one of the better movies that we've reviewed up to this point, which is not saying much. But uh, that is true. <laughs> not saying much, but this is one of the better movies that we've reviewed up to this point. I'm going to give it a 4.3, sir. Am I allowed to do that, or are we only doing half seas? Well, normally we do half seas, but, I mean, 4.3, we go, we'll go with 4.3. I liked it, man. It's uh, it, it just makes you think, and normally I don't like to do that when I'm watching movies. You, you don't. I'm, I'm super shocked that you ended up liking this movie. Uh, I am too, man. I, I, I can't believe it. This is totally something I'd be like making fun of you about watching, but it was really good. Yep. Well, there you have it. That's our review for Let Him Go, starring Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. Uh, I We both highly recommend going to check it out. And if you have watched it, uh, let us know what you think about it. Let us know, let our reader, let our listeners know uh, if you agree with us, if you don't agree with us, so they can figure out if they need to go check it out now. I mean, obviously, Josh and I are always right on our opinions, so you should go definitely go check it out. But, Josh, I appreciate you joining me for this review, sir. Yes, sir. Next week, we're going to be killing some red coats. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm so fucking ready, dog. So Hell yeah. Fucking awesome movie. And then, you know, to celebrate the day of us kicking the ass of the Brits. Fucking amazing. What? Get out the way, bitches. Uh, if we have any British fans out there, just know that I'm sorry, but... Hey, man, it's okay to get your ass kicked once in a while, okay? For real. I am an, uh, I am an arrogant American, so just go with that. America, baby. America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love all of our uh, international people out there, by the way. So thank you for listening. We have, yes, we, we love have all two of y'all. <laughs> well, you say that, but I, I get uh, – when I do my analytics for the uh, for the podcast, we have people in like Russia that listen to us. So if you're from Russia and you're listening to us, uh, email me at two game podcast at gmail.com and and let me know. Maybe we can do do a little chat and see how you found us and whatnot. Hell yeah, man! I'd be interested to know how they come across it and uh, you know it always says international movies and stuff, but I just want to see how it how it actually is over there. Exactly, sir. Exactly. Because, I mean, you know, whenever we get an international movie and it's dubbed over, it's fucking horrible. It's it's like a Godzilla movie. Gaika, Gaika, Gaika. It reminds me of that. What's that one guy? Uh, he's a uh, the Kung Fu guy, and he's like, Jackie stop. Chan. And his, ma- his mouth moves like 400 times after he says stop. And then he does something, and it says, like, stop. And then his mouth keeps moving. Uh if you remember the movie Police Academy, that black guy always made fun of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was I know that was super descriptive, but that's what I think though. <laughs> oh, fair enough, sir. <laughs> you would have loved Kung Fu in review. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I would have heard. All every single movie. I'm so fucking tired of reading subtitles. <laughs> Uh, for real but we appreciate y'all joining us on this review and we'll catch y'all next time laters later